ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 323rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode A Closer Look at Matt Ryan's Restructured Contract and what some of that means for the future of the franchise and the team's only MVP ever. Also in this podcast, we're going to start off by uh, addressing free agency and if the Falcons can actually build and win at the same time. We'll look at the NFC South and that certain quarterback that's back. Give you some updates on the free agency period, then take a little break, go to Matt Ryan's contract, and then we'll address these Deshaun Watson rumors that are out there on the intranet. Also, let everybody know that, hey, Gainesville is not Atlanta, as Amaretta the Great will let everybody know who she's the new geography queen in the Dirty South. All right, let's get started here. You know, the Falcons are, um, you know, taking a backseat in free agency, just like Terry Fontenot said. Uh, nothing, um, no no signings, a couple restructures. Restructured Matt Ryan's contract, gave uh, Jake Matthews an extension, and lost, uh, apparently, Foyer Ulicon to a three-year, $15 million per year deal, $45 million. 28 million guaranteed to Jacksonville, but it's just a legal tampering period. And we saw a flip already here where Dallas announced their Randy Gregory contract. And then uh, later on, uh, he ends up, you know, in Denver's announcing that they got him. So, you know, they're out there fighting for these players right now. But I don't believe Fourier's gonna, you know, they're gonna fight and give 28 million to him. Uh, to bring him back. 15 million years, probably a little too rich for the Falcons. Uh, they were able to get under the cap a little bit, but we'll, we'll address the cap later. Uh, right now, can the Falcons rebuild at the same time and win like general manager Terry Fontenot suggests? Let's hear from him and then we'll look at some of the issues. Well, there are a lot of different ways, whether you're talking about contract extensions, um, whether you're talking about they're going to be cuts, they're going to be trades, um, they're, they're going to be contracts that we do convert. And we don't, uh, I think another elephant in the room is, uh, are, are we rebuilding? Are we, are, are we trying to win now? And I would say we're trying to have our cake and eat it too. We want to be smart and, and we don't want to make decisions that are going to hurt us in future years, but we also want to build the best team that we can. So we're going to work hard to, to be smart and calculate in our decision-making, but we also have to improve this roster this offseason and add competition. Well, there he is. Um, Three-step process, get under the cap. Uh, they've done that. Uh, they had a little extra help with uh, Calvin Ridley getting suspended. That gave them $4 million. They were seven over. 
So um, Matt Ryan gave them 12. And then uh, we're projecting, because we haven't seen the restructured uh, deal on Jake Matthews, but it's out there that it's about $7.5 million. So that would put them at 23.5. So I, I projected 21, a little bit low. And um, 23.5 is going to be what they're going to use to to put the roster back together. So, um, you know, the, the, the big free agents are still out there for them. Coderell Patterson, Russell Gage, uh, you know, just housekeeping deals that they got to do to, uh, you know, move forward. And the... Um, you know, Russell Gage, and then the punters, punter and kicker and long snapper, or the top free agencies there. So we'll come back to um, to that and, and, and focus in on uh, how they're going to value shop here in free agency. You know, but as we before we do that, let's take a look at the NFC South. We just had the capsules in the paper on Sunday. You know, each team has got a uh, different issues now. But Tampa Bay gets their quarterback back, so now we know who that is, and that's Tom Brady, who uh, led them to the uh, NFC South title last year, beat the Falcons four times in a row in the NFC South. The Saints won it the year before, but. Uh, Tampa Bay got them in the playoffs. So, you know, going in to the season right now, we got to move Tampa back into the number one spot as the defending champ with Tom Brady back. And then, um, you know, the Saints, once they decide what they're going to do at their quarterback position, the Saints and the Panthers have made proposals. They are in the Deshaun Watson Derby. Hearing some speculation today that the Falcons are the outside shot and the Cleveland Browns were supposed to meet with them also, but we'll address that later. Other issues in the NFC South, Carolina, uh, what are they going to do with their cornerbacks if they lose Dante Jackson and Stephon Gilmore? That's going to set them back a little bit. They're pretty much, we're projecting them to take one of the tackles in the draft because they're lying so bad. Uh, that's kind of where they're headed in the draft. Uh, the Saints, the big issue for new coach Dennis Allen is, you know, what they're going to do at quarterback. Can they get Deshaun Watson? Do they stay with Jameis, who's coming off of ACL? Tyson Hill is still there. Those are their big issues. Now for Tampa Bay, they've got a lot of the uh, young cornerbacks headed for free agency. Uh, Carlton Davis, uh, Whitehead, uh, and so forth. So, you know, what do they do with Sue? They, they have some issues on keeping that uh, unit together. But when Tom Brady came back on Sunday, kind of upstage in the NCAA bracket show, Tampa Bay just got a lot better. And so we'll see uh, where they are now. So you got Tampa Bay. You got the Saints without a quarterback, looking for a quarterback. You got the Falcons with 20-plus um, free agents, haven't been able to, and lost their leading tackler, who led the league in tackling. That's what we know right now. Got your tackle back, got your quarterback back, still got to fix the offensive line. You still don't have a pass rush. Still got to improve your coverage. Uh, so, you know, they have a lot of issues moving forward. Now, uh, yesterday was the start of the free agency period in News of Fourier Ulakan going to Jacksonville uh, was early in the day. So it was right after we got Jake Matthews' restructure for uh, 52.5 over the first three years, three-year extension. Uh, he's uh, three years on top of the two that he was already uh, going to receive. So 
that's where we're at in the early portion of the legal tampering period. But here is what Foye Ulukan had to say uh, after his last game with the Falcons about free agency. I don't really know how free agency works in other people's minds, but I don't want to just go where they offer me money and I'm not going to be successful in the scheme. I want to go to where I'm going to have, be successful and then we can uh, end up winning games. So um, at the end of the day, I'm still a football player and a competitor. And then, you know, hopefully people respect me on that level to where I get the money to where I, uh, I'm playing in the right scheme and stuff. All right, that's Fourier Ulicon. Um Jacksonville, I think that's a 4-3 for them. Not sure. I didn't do my work on, on that scheme. I think they were been 4-3 for a minute. I know they were when Coach Smith was there. That was a long time ago. But uh, with Miles Jack and those guys, um, they've got a linebacker. They signed another um, a defensive tackle to uh, help them. And they... Uh, They've been some players. They signed a big receiver, Christian Kirk. Jacksonville's been the team that's uh, been throwing a lot of money around early here in free agency. So, um, you know, he's talked about going to a place where they fit and the scheme works for him. And uh, he's determined that Jacksonville is the place for him. So, you know, we got to look at the uh, second group of free agents for the Falcons because we, we picked up a pattern there earlier this week. Uh, with regards to the groups, we broke them down to offense, defense. Um, it was easy to pull out the, the top ones. We'll see what happens with Russell Gage. We've uh, been in touch with his folks, Joe Panos and Ethan Locke, the agents for him, uh, or Todd Francis Gage's agents. That, that's Chandler Jones's group, Ethan Locke and Joe Panos. We haven't gotten back whether that's legitimate, that the Falcons are interested in him or not. Uh, but yeah, Russell Gage, and then we've um, we've been in touch with Cordarrelle's agent throughout, and you know he moved his uh, removed his Falcon stuff from his site, and usually that's uh, you know a precursor to maybe him not being happy with the original offer and so forth. So he's probably out there trying to see if he can get a, a better offer at uh, age thirty one. So uh, that's what's happening. You know, right up to this point, we haven't heard from the Gage Group. Top friends hasn't. Uh, he also's got the Gray Jared extension, and um, you know, we like the agents like David Canner in Miami that get right back to the media, especially the beat writers who are there covering their clients on a daily basis. So, on the second group of players, that's what's happening to our best of our knowledge, and. The special teams uh, folks will Thomas Morstead represent his represents himself. Uh, Brooke Henderson has uh, Josh and Youngway Koo, and their their deals aren't complicated, and uh, they'll get done in due time. So we we just want to keep you all abreast of that. But the second group of free agents: Stephen Means, Deron Harmon, Eric Harris, Brandon Copeland. Isaiah Oliver, and in another level, Jonathan Ballard. Those are guys that, that's a lot of snaps. They played a lot of football last season for the Falcons. And, you know, as a baseline, they got to get those guys back or at least improve, you know, in those slots. And uh, we haven't seen them sign anybody yet, so so you got to focus on these guys. And they figure they could probably get them back, and they know who they are. They don't. Have to guess, and, and Terry Fontenot said, "Hey, resigning their own guys is going to be important." So this jumped out at us as we were getting ready for free agency. 
These guys have started over 60, they started 65 games last year and played over 4,004 snaps. They played exactly because we looked them up and did some math from uh, Pro Football Reference. 4,004 defensive snaps. Harmon and Fabian Monroe were the key players here. They uh, Harmon played 1,072 1, snaps, 92% of the defensive snaps at strong safety. Moreau played over 17 starts, and Moreau started 1,037 snaps, 95% over 16 starts. So those are two key secondary spots. They got to re-sign these guys or replace them. Probably can... Replace Monroe in the draft if you, draft, if you take uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati or Stingley, the eighth pick. So, you know, Monroe, we talked to his guy, Jordan Fox, and we haven't, um, there hasn't been any movement with him yet. Now, Isaiah Oliver, the former second-round pick, was playing well at the nickel over the first four games before suffering that season and the knee injury. He uh, and Eric Harris started 12 games uh He's represented by Nicole Lynn, the Clutch Sports crew. He played 703 snaps last year. Had a lot of missed tackles, but was steady, good guy. You know, they got it. They're trying to build it with the good quality guys. You know, until they get the replacements in line. Stephen Means. He had a long history with the coaching staff. Played 14 games, 692 snaps. Didn't get beat up, but didn't uh, give you much in the pass rush, but sets the edge, you know. Uh, they want to get better at these spots as they move on, but, you know, right now with the salary cap situation, you know, you can't go out and sign a bunch of Von Millers or Randy Gregory's and so forth. Demarcus Lawrence, he went back to Dallas. So those are some of the guys that played a whole lot of snaps, but, uh, you know, Jonathan Ballard was one, too. He played nine games. Made four starts, 224 snaps. Uh, Darren Bates, he's on Twitter saying, he, you know, they're holding that $1.7 million for him. He's a special teamer, played in seven games. You know, he was a veteran ad during the season last year. Had a little hamstring, I think, but when he was out there, he was doing his thing on special teams. Now, offensively, we, we have a little news today. Uh Alameda Zacchaeus received a $2.4 million uh, tenure that he's restricted. You know, that pretty much guarantees he's coming back. And uh, Tajay Sharp is a wide receiver, both for um, reserves. So when you're looking at the offensive free agents, you got a lot of reserves and, you know, a lot of guys that you don't have to rush out and, you know, take care of. Sharp played 15 games and made seven starts. Caught 25 out of 37 targets for 230 yards and no touchdowns. And Zacchaeus played in all 17 games, made eight starts, caught 31 of 53 targets for 406 and three touchdowns. And the um, their backup guard was Kobe Gassett. He's a free agent. The backup swing tackle was Spriggs. Uh, they both were uh, active for 14 and 16 games. And uh, they are also free agents. Josh Andrews, the reserve guard, he is also a free agent. Josh was, you know, they were trying to play him at left guard until he broke his hand, and then they had to move Jalen Mayfield over there. And when Josh came back, you know, Jalen was entrenched, and they didn't move him back in there. He only played in two games, no snaps from scrimmage. 
So there you have, um, as the, as you know, they're, they're going to value the backseat of free agency. Not a big splash moves. That's what they said. They were creating space. They've done that. The biggest issue now is, hey, can you get Patterson in here? Can you get Gage in here? And if not, you know, can you, do you have any money to go for Allen Robinson? Can you get uh, Chandler Jones if that's legit? Uh, so we're going to see here in the next couple of days where the Falcons are headed. But once, whatever happens from here, you got a lot of snaps you got to replace on the defensive side of the ball. You can't do that with a whole bunch of rookies. And, and if you just look at it, you know, they, there's no replacement for means on the roster. You know, you can, Harmon, you could replace him with Richie Grant. Uh, Harris, you already replaced him with uh, Jalen uh, Hawkins. You know, Sean Williams ended the year with them. Copeland was a, you know, a veteran security blanket and ended up playing, you know, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, all over the place. So you kind of, you know, you need some guys like that. And Oliver, uh, he's coming back from a knee, so you don't have to rush on him. And you have some young nickel cornerbacks in place for that. But there is, and then the right cornerback's the big one. You got to upgrade at those two starter spots. Those guys played a thousand, over a thousand snaps last year. Uh, now is Richie Grant ready to take the Harmon snaps? Will Sauce Gardner be ready to take the, uh, Moreau steps, Derek Stingley, or whatever uh, cornerback you can find out there. So, is Darren Hall ready? Can he hold up out there? And then you get Isaiah back to play the nickel. You know, those are some of the offseason questions on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, we know they they got to get a wide receiver. They got to fix the line. They got to get better running back. I mean, it's a whole bunch of stuff here that has to get taken care of. And, you know, Coach Smith told us a long time ago, one of those fishing things, he said, oh, Daryl, well, uh, I was asking about the linebackers. <laughs> he said, well, Daryl, you can't fix everything. And so we're going to see what they try to fix this offseason and um, move forward into uh, 2022. We'll see what they try to fix and, you know, see how they try to cover up their holes. Every team's got them. So right now, before we get into Matt Ryan's contract and the Deshaun Watson situation, we're going to throw it to a break here from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hey, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. There's a report from uh, NFL media that Young Way Koo has been resigned to a five-year, $24.25 million contract with $11.5 million guaranteed. We're waiting to hear from his agent, Brooks Henderson. Uh, we shot him an email here during the break, actually, to see if that's indeed true. 
So that would be the first uh, signing for the Falcons. So that tells you a little bit there that the kicker is very important and uh, will be a Falcon moving forward. Don't know what that means for Cordero Patterson and Russell Gage moving forward. So I left my phone upstairs. Can't really check it to see if um, uh, Sean Kiernan or Todd Franz have gotten back to us on those two contracts. But, hey, you know, Matt Ryan's contract was restructured, and it was kind of groundbreaking. We have information with someone with uh, intimate knowledge of the Matt Ryan's contract. It was pointed out to us that, you know, pretty much, you know, folks are saying, hey, they're going to trade Matt Ryan. Can they trade Matt Ryan? It would be very hard. So it's never, never say never. But it would be very hard for them to trade Matt Ryan. At this point, he's under contract to 23, and they put three voidable years on the contract. So his contract, in theory, goes out to 26. So I'm just doing the math here. He's he's going to be 37 and 22, 38 and 23, 39 and 24, 40 and 25, and 41 and 26. But by the term voidable years, that means they can cut it off. Uh, they're just adding those years on to spread his money out over the four years. Now, uh, five years now. So what makes him uh, untradeable is the acceleration. If you traded him, all that money would come right back into 22 or 23 and would be over $50 million, almost $55 million cap hit. Now, you could spread it out as a post-June 1 cap hit, I've been informed, which would still put it at $27 million. They would have uh, $50 million in dead cap space this year with the salary cap at two hundred eight because they already got $20 million in there. So they would have a $50 million dead cap hit, basically be playing teams uh, with a $150 million salary cap team against uh, teams with 208, so you'd be fronting everybody pretty much $60 million uh, in player talent. So you better have a bunch of young, cheap talent that's very, very good, or you're going to be getting clobbered on a weekly basis. So those are some of the numbers. This narrative uh, that we call to shut down this trade narrative, uh, and this um, they're getting rid of Matt Ryan in 23 uh, narrative, the, the, it's clear that the franchise likes Matt Ryan. They're going to do, he's done whatever they ask him to do with his contract. This is actually the fifth renegotiation. We went in there and looked at his contract the other day and went, you know, page by page, uh, negotiation by renegotiation by renegotiation. And, um, you know, we haven't seen the latest one, but the person with intimate knowledge of his contract called us today to inform us that, hey, this trade, Matt Ryan stuff is ridiculous. They can't do it. He's got three voidable years, a $55 million cap hit, could, you know, acceleration at up to 27 uh, and 22 if you took it, if it, even if you did a post uh, June 1. You know, it doesn't net zero to 24. So, you know, they're getting to the end of Matt's contract. You know, they're doing it by doing voidable years. And it was noted and pointed out to the AJC that it's been 18 years since they've done a voidable contract. And that's just something that the front office didn't do. They did not do 
the avoidable contracts. They stayed away from them. And um, they did it this time as kind of a last resort to create some salary cap space. And that speaks to the fact that Terry and them want to have their cake and eat it too, which comes from a, a kind of a New Orleans type of way of doing business. Uh, they always were over the cap. They always managed to, you know, get a team together and, uh, you know, manage and uh, massage the cap, even with Drew Brees' contract. Uh, for years, they were they were thirty million over the cap this year before free agency started. So they don't mind, you know, doing avoidable years. And this is one instance where the Falcons have done it for the first time in eighteen years. So that's something that it's not anything to keep an eye on, but it makes Ryan pretty much untradeable because um, you know who's got fifty five million for a thirty seven year old quarterback. Even if you split it in the post June one, it's still a twenty seven million dollar hit and you got twenty sitting on the books. You got fifteen change for Julio and uh, four point six for Fowler and then some change from some little guys putting you over twenty million. So I don't know where the trade Ryan rumors are coming from. They're just unfounded. There's no way that that, that could happen. And there's uh you know, he's a quarterback. In the face of the fact that the owner said, hey, we do need a succession plan. Uh, it's pretty clear that they don't have one right now unless it's uh, Felipe Franks. He's the only other quarterback on the roster. And you got Josh Rosen and uh, A.J. McCarron as the free agent quarterbacks. And I didn't touch on them in my quarterback free agency thing. So, I mean, yeah, they could draft, you know, Zeppi or – one of these guys later in the draft, but like I said, I got too much other stuff going on right now to try to fix the quarterback situation in a year when the quarterback position is not very good. But yeah, one of the stories we're going to do in the draft coming up, we're going to look at all the people in the front office, I mean everybody, that's been around different quarterbacks and different drafting of quarterbacks. And just for, for starters, Arthur Smith was in Tennessee when they drafted Jake Locker. Okay, what did he learn from that? Arthur Smith was in Tennessee when they drafted Marcus Mariota. What did they learn from that? He was in Tennessee when they salvaged Ryan Tannehill. So he's got he's got some perspective on, you know, these different quarterback things. If he shares them, fine. If not, we'll just write the facts that they are. You know, and um, Terry's in he's in uh, New Orleans. They decided to trade for Drew Brees when Miami didn't. Okay, they learned something there. That was the only quarterback he spanned at that time with him. Then Ryan Pace, is go, he goes to uh, from New Orleans to Chicago, and um, they drafted Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson. Okay, Mitchell just signed with the Steelers. He's going to get another shot at starting, perhaps, uh, number two overall pick by Ryan Pace. So you put all these people, and I mean, we can go back to Rich McKay. Rustin Webster was at Tennessee. Uh, we can go back to uh, Phil Emery, who was in Green Bay and Chicago. They've got a collective, they call them composite, of uh, and comparables of what they think makes a good quarterback and how to draft a quarterback. They've all drafted quarterbacks at some point. So what does that mean? in relationship to Matt Ryan and their succession plan. So hopefully we can get to that story. We're working on it, and I am probably just gave it away. Somebody's going to try to beat me to it. But 
Uh, that's uh, where we're at with this whole contract with Matt Ryan, the whole succession plan, and so forth. So that's what we got. That's one of the draft stories we're going to get to here in the coming weeks. And lastly, uh, Deshaun Watson. Okay, Aaron Wilson's my guy. Uh, he got fired. Unfortunate comments. He made it to Houston Chronicle. Uh, but he's built the Pro Football Network now. So, tweets came out today from Schefter and Mort that the Falcons were a dark horse for for Deshaun Watson, who was a ball boy. Uh, and, you know, people are pointing out that he's from Atlanta. And so I have to point out to him, nope, Gainesville is not Atlanta. Like Omaretta the Great is, uh, you know, rapping about these days in these streets. Gainesville is not Atlanta, but neither is Flowery Branch. But anyway, she I would think she um, she shot her video in Cobb County, but which is not Atlanta either. But that's where we at. The Deshaun Watson thing doesn't add up. David Muggleta, you know, is probably trying to drum up the market. And he's getting some help from the agents. That's what you got to be savvy about in these uh, free agent times. I can't just go out there and post Deshaun Falcons interest in Deshaun Watson unless the Falcons tell me. Which, you know, I, I checked. They haven't uh, said anything back. They might like the free publicity, too, because they already said they're going to be back seat. So, yes, we just got confirmation from Brooks Henderson. Uh, <laughs> it just shot over here on the email. Let me read that. Yes, Kusan, five years, $24.25 million, $4.8 million per year, 11.5 guarantee. There you go. Now I got to go right when we get off of the... Uh, <laughs> We get off the podcast here. There we go. Breaking news on the Bowtie Chronicles. I know that's not the order Chris wants it. But, um, and Chris Bilbermore, that's our editor. So we'll be posting here shortly here, Chris. I better wrap up on Deshaun. Okay, key points on Deshaun. Okay, the criminal charges uh, didn't move forward in grand jury in Harrison County. The Saints and the Panthers have made offers. The Browns are interested, and according to um, ESPN guys, Deshaun, the Falcons are a dark horse. Now, he was a ball boy. I remember the story about Ashante Samuel uh, giving him a lot of money when he was a ball boy. Uh, the Falcons did play uh, their early season games. Not an early season game, but they used to have the Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, they played it at uh, Gainesville High one year, and, you know, we went saw Deshaun and, uh, went to Summers games up there and so forth, of course, before he leads Clemson to a national championship. So we'll stay, you know, once we get something to report uh, concrete and not be, um, you know, used by the agents, you know, we'll we'll post it until we do that. I don't think Aaron Wilson doesn't have anything on Deshaun Watson coming to Atlanta. I don't have anything from the Falcons, then I'm not following up that report and if it comes true then you know it comes true but that's my instincts right now i'll talk to my folks and we got to do something else and there's something some substance to it we'll get it to you but if not we'll we'll keep it moving but for right now we're gonna wrap things up here and get up to our uh young way cool store yeah the falcons just released it too so yeah we gotta get on that for you we're gonna sign off here and uh, we're gonna wish everybody Great week here. Just wrap up today's Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We, you know, the Falcons want to have their cake and eat it too. Did a quick look around the NFC South. Uh, we did a Falcons update on free agency. We did a uh, Matt Ryan's contract. A closer look at that. 
and then touched on these Deshaun Watson rumors while we had the Young Way Koo signing here while we were broadcasting the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care of yourself and have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.